Good morning, I'm Heather Fay, and this is my morning monologue, One Woman's Health Journey. So let me start with the update today. First, an update regarding the weigh-in. So I have to admit, after I recorded and uploaded last week's episode, I did actually step on the scale. I confronted that situation, and I was at 212. That was up almost six pounds from the week before because of the binge that I mentioned. This morning, 210. So I did recover back two pounds, which is good. So I just need to get right back on track in a more exact way to hopefully recover the rest this week and start losing additional weight next week. I had a much better week. I refrained from binge eating this week. I didn't get fully back onto the complete healthiness that I was two weeks ago, but I did well enough. Uh, Definitely better. I stopped the binge, so I'm going to be glad about that. I decided to get back onto continuing my education of all the various different nutrition and diet things there are to understand. And I did that by uh, picking up an audiobook. And I didn't pick it up. I, I downloaded it from Audible is what really happened. But it's called Hooked, Food, Free Will, and How the Food Giants Exploit Our Addictions. It is by... Pulitzer Prize-winning author Michael Moss. He also wrote a New York Times bestseller, Salt, Sugar, Fat. And it actually made me think of something that I want to discuss. Well, I mean, are we discussing anything I'm monologuing that I want to monologue about before getting into the real topic of this week's episode? There are a lot of People now, I would even say like thousands of doctors and medical professionals, journalists, and just even ordinary everyday people, YouTubers and bloggers, etc., that they're becoming more and more aware that we've been really misled in terms of, you know, sort of what the mainstream, quote unquote, is telling us about diet and nutrition. And I, I think this is a really wonderful movement. But there's kind of a common thread amongst all these people, you know, something they keep repeating that I think bears maybe a little bit of closer inspection. I guess I'm not sure if I'm expressing that the way I really want to, but here's what I'm getting at. They'll say it's not your fault. And while it's true that the shoddy, typical American diet is not your fault, And the fact that big food companies have adopted processed methods is not your fault. And the fact that sensible nutritional information has been ignored because of vested interests, that's not your fault. Of course, none of that is your fault. But I just don't happen to think that that means that you're not responsible for your own diet. I know when I'm being unhealthy, you know, I know exactly what to do to become healthy. And I know when I'm binging on carbs and I put on a a bunch of weight, you know, I know why that's happening. And I'm beginning to understand there is a process going on in my body. I have that body type that when I do that, it makes my body feel like it needs to eat more and more. 
But I just don't, you know, and I just don't happen to think that means I don't have control over my own body or what I eat. I think willpower and responsibility are really important. And if we decide, or I know if I decide, okay, well, it's all the government's fault or somebody else's fault or doctor's faults for not, you know, whatever. If I'm deciding it's somebody else's fault that I eat poorly, that's never going to help me eat well, you know? So I think it, I just want to try to separate out fault and blame from responsibility and not treat them necessarily like they're the same thing because it's not your fault that the American diet is pretty horrible. But I would say I think pretty safely it's still your responsibility. Whatever you eat is up to you. So, you know, that's a personal decision and it's sometimes very hard to have the willpower. As I have demonstrated numerous times on this health journey, you know, I thought I'm going to be accountable. It's going to be day one, perfect health all the way through. And no, I've slipped up, slipped up quite a few times. I've gained back a few pounds instead of continuing to lose. But ultimately, I have to nip those moments in the bud and go, okay, fine. I binged for a week. Now I'm done. Now this last week I didn't binge. And now in this next week, I'm going to get even healthier about it. And it'll be cyclical like that. But as long as I just remind myself, and I think this is very helpful, hey, remember how you used to be 225 pounds? It's because you never stopped yourself from binge eating for three straight years. Okay, good. You binged for a week. Let's stop now and let's eat healthy because you know you can and you know you don't want to gain all that weight back and have to lose it all again. So that's what I'm going with. And that's what I wanted to discuss And now we're ready to move on to part two of Listen to Your Body. Okay, so finishing up these blood test results I was talking about last week, what do we have left on here? We've got cholesterol, HDL and LDL, triglycerides, and vitamin D. So real quick before we get into cholesterol, vitamin D, which is that vitamin that is best gotten from the sun should be between about 30 and 100. That's where you want your vitamin D to be. Interesting fact that I read in one of my many books, wish I could remember which one, but it was one of the ones undoubtedly that I've mentioned in the last few months doing this podcast. In order for you to get enough vitamin D from the sun itself and from no other source, you would have to basically dress in a loincloth and be outside from sunup till sundown. So, I mean, maybe there's some beach bums out there getting that much sun, but if you work inside for any length of time, it's just not feasible. So you got to try to get that from supplements or diet if you can as well. Just something I thought I'd throw in there that I thought was interesting. Is it true? I don't know. How do I know what's true and what's not true? It's impossible to tell. We just go with what we think makes sense. Glad we had that little talk. And now, cholesterol. First of all, let's start out with a very simple definition. What even is cholesterol? It's this simple. It is a compound that is part of the makeup of cell membranes. So you have all these little cells that make up your body, and the outer lining of that cell, the wall around it that protects it, is the membrane. So cholesterol is a part of that, all your cell membranes. 
So it would seem like cholesterol is something you should have in your body because, you know, if the walls of all your cell or your cell membranes all break down, you could, I would think, be in some physical trouble there. All right. So HDL, LDL, very simply put, they're just proteins. They're actually not, they're called HDL cholesterol and LDL cholesterol. But from what I can tell, they're not actually cholesterol themselves. They're sort of the vessels of cholesterol. They're two specific types of proteins that carry cholesterol around the body, right? So HDL, by the way, we're not going to get into the long, complicated scientific words they stand for, not important to our needs and knowledge. HDL is considered the good cholesterol, and it essentially absorbs cholesterol and takes it to the liver for the liver to do what the liver needs to do with cholesterol. LDL is considered bad cholesterol, and it carries cholesterol throughout the body. And this is what's building up inside of your arteries, that plaque that can lead to heart disease. So you want your HDL to be basically 50 or lower, right? No. Can I do math? Greater than or equal to, right? That's le- that's greater. Oh, I'm getting confused between greater than and less than. Hold on. Let me work this out. It's very complicated. Okay. You can't tell, but I just paused the recording to go and try to figure out some basic mathematics symbols. HDL? cholesterol should properly be, that to be in a normal range, should be greater than or less. Jeez, that's an equal sign. You think I could figure this out. Greater than or equal to 50. That's what you want your HDL cholesterol to be. LDL cholesterol, which is considered the bad cholesterol, you want that to be less than 100. And all of this means that I think I have to issue a correction on last week's episode when I was talking about EGFR non-African American and EGFR African American. You want those to be, I think I said 60 or lower. I think I said that last week. If I didn't, I got it right. But it should be greater than or equal to 60 for the EGFR. That's for both non-African-American and African-American. So, sorry if I got that wrong, but there's the correction. Let's talk about triglycerides. So, triglycerides are basically, I'm going to put this in super layman's terms, it's like one of the main ingredients in fats and oils. So, high levels of triglycerides could indicate a higher risk of stroke. There's also a ratio of cholesterol given, which takes your total cholesterol and divides it by the HDL cholesterol, and you want that to be less than five. And then there's non-HDL cholesterol. There's HDL, LDL, and other kinds of cholesterol, which I don't think we need to get too deeply into what those are, but you want them to be less than 130. So that is that. That's pretty much your typical mainstream, if you will, uh, idea about cholesterol. But as promised, we're going to get into another school of thought on cholesterol coming from the, I'll call it the keto school of thought. And, And just real simply, 
that LDL, there are actually two different kinds of LDL, what they call light, fluffy LDL and small, dense LDL. And actually, the light, fluffy LDL is not bad. It's the small, dense LDL that's bad. But that LDL measurement you're getting from the doctor is a combination. It doesn't test them separately. So it's not necessarily the best indicator. Why did I pull indicator? That's how I'm going to say that word. It makes it sound like I'm indicator Illinois. Anyway, it's not the best indicator of your LDL cholesterol. Also, another school of thought here from the keto school of thought, and I would highly recommend uh, Good Calories, Bad Calories, a book or audiobook by Gary Tobbs. And The Big Fat Surprise by Nina Teichels. I've mentioned these both in previous episodes. I'll link to them again in the description. Probably The Big Fat Surprise is more of a friendlier read, I would say, if uh, maybe a little easier to digest the way she puts it. But I would really recommend reading those two books if you want to get the skinny on this and the big details. But in general, just as a broad general statement, according to the school of thought, there actually is not any correlation between heart disease and cholesterol levels. That in fact, even people with really low cholesterol levels can have a heart attack. And people with super high cholesterol might never have a heart attack. So it's, it's, I think, open for debate whether that's totally accurate that low cholesterol or, or that high cholesterol indicates a chance for heart disease. So that is, by the way, when you hear that, a really hard thing to wrap your head around or to even believe is true. But I am really, I believe it because I've read all those books I keep talking about and they've really kind of changed my mind on the topic. But up to you. Read those books. You may or may not end up believing it. And I'll just go back to what I said a million times. You have the right to eat whatever you want. So if you don't want to eat steak and bacon, don't. But I am because yum and heck, I've been losing weight, generally speaking. I mean, let's not use the last two weeks as an example, but I've been losing weight, generally eating that way and enjoying it. If I die of a heart attack, at least it'll be because I was eating something I loved. All right. I think that's pretty much all I had uh, to go over here this week. So uh, I will say goodbye for now once again. Hope your health journey is going awesome. Hope you're learning something new. Hope you're checking out all these things I'm telling you about and increasing your knowledge. Uh, You know, if you have any questions, problems, things you're dealing with, successes that you want to share, email me, mymorningmonologue at gmail.com. I want to hear about it. Until next time, I will talk to you next time's redundant ending, but goodbye.